Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Jeremiah Pospisil, who had three near-death experiences, with the last one sending him on a journey of searching for the truth and purpose of our lives. Jeremiah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I really appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys. Jeremiah, since you've had three, I guess we can start in chronological order and just start with your first one. The first one, I mean, some would say that I had four, um, but three is really what's really started changing me. And the first one that I had would be, um, I was in a really bad wreck. I was in a car accident and I was driving to work one morning around three, four o'clock in the morning. I've been working a whole bunch of hours that week. And I remember falling asleep and dozing off and waking up as I'm going to work. And I got to a point where I was just so overwhelmed with, with tiredness that I ended up just passing out. And I ended up hitting a metal or a concrete light pole, um, doing about 55, 60 miles an hour and going around a curve. And I hit this light pole and it pretty much sheared off the entire passenger side of my um, Ford Explorer at the time. And uh, ended up rolling it eight times and sliding about three, 400 feet down the road. Um, but as I hit the light pole, I remember being jostled and knocked into this dark void, I guess you could say. And I didn't really understand what was going on. There was the dark void. And then there were some lights that started coming in and out of my perception. Um, you know, and that started giving me this weird feeling of weightlessness and emptiness. Um, you know, and I didn't really get too much from the first couple NDEs. I remember creating a new awareness about my life and about the value of my life, but I didn't really get anything too valuable that I saw as valuable in, in that one. Um, and my, my next one was I've had six spinal surgeries. And one of my last spinal surgeries, a doctor misplaced a pedicle screw which caused a reaction in my body, um, ended up going into um, septic shock, basically. Um, and my body started shutting down. And as I was shutting down, I kept going back into this void um, that I remembered from my first experience, you know, and the first experience in the car wreck, I had multiple colors coming in and forming a shape, but it didn't really stick. And this one was more just being in that blackness and that void. Um, being transported to the hospital, you know, they had to do emergency surgery in my spine to get the infection cleaned out. So I didn't really get too much from those, but I do remember how powerful they made me feel about what was going on in my life and really made me um, reconsider my actions and my choices a lot. It was just this overwhelming feeling of, of, of a truth that I wasn't really connected to, I guess you could say. Did you recognize that you were dead or it was an NDE or just was it possible you thought like you were in some kind of weird dream state? When it first happened, I didn't, I didn't understand it was a near death experience at all. You know, and it wasn't until my last NDE that I started thinking about my last experiences realizing, okay, that is what happened to me. So it wasn't a recognition. I just thought I was in a dream state or I'd been knocked out or something, you know, cause I'd been knocked out before I'm um, playing football and wrestling and things like that. Um, but this was a different feeling. It was, it was awareness. It wasn't just me being knocked out. It was, I was aware of being in that space. And that was what was really different for me from, you know, normal being normally being knocked out or, or any other experience I'd ever had. You know, I, I didn't use drugs growing up, you know, so I didn't really understand any different states of mind, you know, so this was just something entirely new to me that I knew was different, but I didn't know how to understand it. I didn't know how to put it into words or, or understand what it was. Did either one of the first two NDEs give you any type of spiritual awakening that caused you to make some kind of change in your life? I think they they wanted to. And I think that's probably what they were trying to do. You know, looking back on them now, I think all of my NDEs are trying to inform me of something in my life. 
Um, but I was so stubborn and so hard-headed growing up that I didn't really pay attention to it. I was so stuck in my ways and my thought processes that I think that's what they were trying to do, but I was not, I was not taking conscious awareness of that. You know, and I kind of dismissed it as just being an occurrence or not that I could have died, but that like, it's just something that happened, an accident that happened to me, you know, but it didn't, uh, unfortunately at that time, but it does now, it has significant meaning to me now. I see how it was a, pro a slow progression of an awareness or an awakening within my spirit, you know, and that, that it took me having my last one to really look back over those and say, yeah, that was actually fundamentally important to me in breaking down who I was, my egotistical mind and how I was living. It's interesting that you say that they were trying to do this to you. To me, that kind of implies that maybe you planned these NDEs or somebody else planned you to have them to kind of wake you up. I think there is something to that, you know, and of course, nobody knows for sure. We all have this inkling of, of being part of an existence before our, our lives, before we're born, we're in a spiritual world, you know, we're not active in this physical world. So I think there is um, some sort of planning. I remember when I was a child, my mom said, do you remember being in, in the womb? And I, this was, I was five or six years old, maybe four or five. And I said, actually, I do. And I remember having this distinct feeling of being in the womb. And she said, well, what were you doing? I said, well, I was warm. I was just sitting there. I felt love. I felt comfortable. You know, I'm explaining these things to my mom as a five-year-old. And she says, well, what were you doing in there? I said, I was playing checkers with Jesus. Mm. You know, and I said that as a kid, not really understanding the power of my words. And then again, when I'm thinking over all these patterns in my life, I realized that, well, playing checkers is a strategy game right? It's plain strategy. It's, it's, it's planning things out, planning moves out. And I wonder if that was maybe my, my baby brain coming to terms with me planning out my life. I don't know, you know, but it seems like it could be definitely connected. Did you happen to notice that you had any cognitive changes that might be considered psychic after your first or second one? No, I mean, I've always, I've, and I don't know. I, I could have had, but I, I wasn't aware of it. But I do know that during my life, I've had these weird, um, and I don't tell people this very much, but I have this weird ability to feel people on a, on a deep level, you know, mm -hmm. um, energy level. And I think they may have shifted something because I noticed the progression of my life after the accidents, I started kind of changing bit by bit um, to the point where now I, I do feel I have some, some interesting abilities. Um, but I don't know that I got them exactly from there or if they just started to unlock different things in my life, but they definitely started making me think about living differently, you know, and, and how I make my choices differently, which I thought was really important to get to where I am now, because a lot of my choices had to be changed. You know, I was living a very worldly life and trying to, you know, create a, a happiness within my physical body not really understanding where or what I'm doing here, you know, and I think it did start to affect a change in me for sure. What is the time between the three NDEs? They were about um, 10 years, <clears throat> about 10 years, 10 years apart from all of them. Yeah. Almost. Mm -hmm. It's been between nine to 10 years for all of them. So it's been a very interesting time frame too, you know, and uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it seems like those are steps for me. They were definitely steps for me to, to kind of comprehend what's going on. You know? All right. Let's move on to your third one. So the, the third one, um, you know, I, again, I'd struggled in my life. I, I had really bad depression and anxiety. I was, I had just gone through my third divorce, um, not really grasping what's going on in this world or what I should be doing. Um, and I went out and was riding my motorcycle and ended up crashing my motorcycle. And I remember being, thrown over my bike and landing on the pavement. I, I hit my bike a few times and then rolled off onto the pavement. I wasn't wearing a helmet and I hit my head so hard. I immediately remember being consciously aware that this is how I die. And um, I was in this dark void of nothingness. It was nothingness, but it was comforting. It was a, I was being supported, but I was floating, right? It's really weird. And I remember being in this void wondering, okay, now what? This reminded me of my car accident. It reminded me of my, my infection that I had. And I was like, okay, now I'm in the void again. Now what? what am I going to come back out of it again? What's going on? I, was, I remember being very aware. And as I'm thinking these thoughts, there were 
lights coming from all different directions towards me. And they, they surrounded me. They created a tunnel. And as I started looking around at these lights, I realized they were like pixels. They were like uh, pixels on a TV screen. But they're very small. And they had a lot of depth and color into them. And I remember being able to look at individual pixels, right? So I'd look around, seeing them all. And, but as soon as I focused on one, I remember almost being drawn into the pixel. And each of those pixels, there were millions upon millions of them, was a time frame of my life. And in that time frame, in that pixel, I, it would envelop me to the point to where I could feel the emotions inside of that moment of time of my life. I could see all of the depth of colors. I could feel and, and hear things just like I was there, but I wasn't. I knew I wasn't there. And I remember going through these different pixels and really feeling the emotions of everything, feeling the emotions of what I was doing, feeling the emotions of the other people that were in that pixel or in that time frame of my life. And as I did that, I started to realize a connection. I, I had an awareness of all the pixels and I had awareness of the single pixel I was in, into at that moment. And I could see how they all kind of fit together. I could see how they were all cohesive to, to each other. And I started to put the pieces together that all of these little moments of my life were creating the entirety of my life and where I was. And that there were no wrong decisions that I've made. Everything that I did, maybe in my own mindset, I perceived or judged it to be a negative experience, whether it was negative on my actions or negative of somebody else's actions in my life. I realized that all of those precise moments were very vital to my existence in my current mindset and who I was. And it was weird because I would see the weirdest things, things I wouldn't have remembered for on my own. You know, some of them were going into a, a store, a 7-Eleven store to go get a drink and saying hi to somebody. Some of them were fights that I got in high school. Um, some of them were just, you know, making choices to do one thing over another. And I realized how vitally important each one of those was. And I remember being able to jump out of one pixel, jump into another pixel. And I, I was just able to do this. I don't even remember how many times I did it multiple, maybe 20, 30 times into different parts of my life. And I remember as I'm going down, I'm seeing these, the most vivid colors I've ever seen in my life inside each of these pixels. And I remember there being a beam behind me on my left shoulder. It was a formless being. I didn't, I wasn't able to see it. I don't know who or what it was. I just remember the presence being there, kind of guiding me or pushing me down this, this tunnel. And I just remember this extreme amount of peace and understanding flow to me from each of these moments. And as I get closer to the end of the tunnel, a lot of the pixels started to diminish. And it was just the, the outside frame of a pixel, almost like there were empty pixels that were left to be filled in. And I remember that thinking that, okay, maybe I'm not going to die. Maybe there is some more to this that I'm going to find out, you know? And it was really crazy for me because I was like, okay, I don't know how I got here, but I know I'm here and how am I going to get back? And this being just kind of kept pushing me to the point to where the pixels and the colors stopped into the empty pixels. And as soon as we stopped, I remember this, this beam of light, right? Coming and shooting out from straight ahead of me. And it, it, it permeated my, my whole um, essence, my whole energy body, whatever I was. And as it went into me, I remember feeling like I had, I was just given like more information, like an informational download, um, more information than I would ever be able to process in one moment. And this being spoke to me like telepathically saying, become the purpose. And up until that point, I had no idea what my purpose was. I was constantly searching for my purpose. I was looking for answers to how I'm supposed to live. Was it money? Was it jobs? Was it marriages? Was it my kids? What was my purpose? You know, and dealing with my anxiety and depression my whole life, I was constantly in, in search for that. <clears throat> 
And as I was told to become the purpose and the light went through my being, I remember waking back up into my body. And in my body, I had eight broken ribs, a broken wrist. And, you know, I had road rash all over my body, had head trauma. I remember sitting there thinking, wow, something profound just happened to me. And up until this point, I had had six spine surgeries in the military. And I was on uh, narcotics, um, prescribed narcotics for pain, you know. And I remember thinking, I need to get off my pain pills. I need to stop my pain pills. Which is weird to think about when you're in the middle of pain. You know, you have eight broken ribs and you just crash your motorcycle. I need to get off pain pills. And I remember going back to the hospital and I had two chest tubes put in me. Um, I had, you know, about a six-month recovery. And as I'm recovering, I told myself that when I heal up, I'm going to get rid of all my pain pills, which is a weird thing because I'd been on them for a number of years. And um, another thing that I felt really led to do after that was to start meditating. And I couldn't meditate for the life of me. I was the most anti-meditative person. I didn't believe in the spirituality. I didn't believe in any of that. I was raised in a Baptist home. And um, I, I didn't know how I felt about meditation. I didn't even know what it was, to be honest with you. And uh, it was like, that light, that beam of information, whatever it was, just gave me the directions to find what I needed to find. And I remember after I healed up about six months after the accident, I started meditating and I didn't know how to meditate, but I was in pain. So I knew that I couldn't sit up for hours at a time. I thought, well, maybe if I lay down on the grass, I can suck up and absorb the earth's energy. And I could just, you know, go from there and see what I could do and control my, my mind. And it was like a light switch had been shifted on. As soon as I started meditating, those downloads that I feel I had started to unlock. It started to unravel all of the mysteries of life for me, you know, and this is my own interpretation. Of course, we all have different ones, but for me, I started to realize that, you know, I held on to depression because I, there were things in my life that I wasn't proud of that I had done that I wanted to change. And I couldn't affect any positive change on them. I, I just had to relive the same occurrences over and over again. You know, I realized that my anxiety came from a place of me trying to control a future events that I really had no control over. Um, so realizing those two things really started changing my mind. Okay, so what is your depression? Your depression is trying to change the past and your anxiety is trying to change the future. So where do I reside? Where do I find my love? Where am I? I'm, I'm in this present moment. You know, and I started thinking about, I was constantly searching for love. You know, I didn't feel a, a self-worth or self-love. So I was always looking for love from other people. And I wondered, where does my love come from? And I remember after a meditation uh, session one night, and I would meditate for five to six hours at a time. I remember realizing that I, res like, I really require the love of other people, but their interpretation of how to give me love was different than my interpretation of how I needed love. It was two different frequencies, right? Two different energy fields. And I thought, okay, where do I get my love from then? Like, where does it come from? How am I supposed to sustain my life if everyone's interpretation of what to give me is so different? And I started thinking about being in nature. I started thinking about hiking and camping. I started thinking about going to the ocean and how much I love those experiences, how much I love the environment of hearing the breeze off the ocean, the seagulls, you know, and just the sunlight on me. I thought, oh, I love those. So how is that different than any other love? And I started to realize that it's not. It's, it's the same kind of love and how I use that power, how I recognize it is able to self-sustain me, right? So the, for me, love is, um, it's a self-sustaining energy, self-perpetuating energy. It's something that creates life, you know? And I always looked at love as being a two-way street as a transactional process. And I realized that it wasn't. It's a one-way street. And when I gave out love, I, I had created a void that I needed to fill that void in more. And I was trying to fill that in with other people. But now I realize that, okay, if you go out into nature, you can suck up the love from the universe, basically. You can enjoy your life. You can realize that these plants are here for you. The experience of being around these trees are here for you. And it's the same thing that, that you know, the plant life does. You know, when, when trees are growing, they are self-perpetuating the energy, but there's, they're using that energy 
by a balance being created in nature, right? And I started to realize that that's what love was for me. It was a balance in my life. It was being accepted for who I was. It was being given nutrients of encouragement and power. And that when I looked at the trees, they really represented love for me. When I looked at the ocean, it represented love. And I, I realized that I needed to just become that. I needed to realize the power and love and, and perfectness within my spirit and just give that out to other people, just like nature does, just like God does. You know, so I came to the understanding that really, you know, everything we're doing, everything in this universe, it's been scientifically proven as information and energy. And a lot of people will find it really hard to wrap their head around that and how it works. You know, but I realize that everything that I'm doing is collecting information. All of my senses are meant to collect information, feelings, smells, taste, vision, hearing, all of that is intaking information and traveling down my neural pathways, right? And creating synapses and neural neurons at their core are energy. So what that told me was that energy and information are connected together, right? So with energy and information being connected together, what am I fundamentally doing? Well, I'm changing that energy that I'm intaking. I'm interpreting the energy, right? So as I interpret this energy, I'm creating a different frequency of, uh, of it. And I can create the frequency of negativity or I can create the frequency of positivity. And I realized that I could also, with the fact that we emit light photons, we emit energy, we're actually creating a force upon other people as we uh, are interacting with them. And I thought, well, okay, so it is all about energy. It is all about the frequency that I kept hearing all these spiritual people talk about. And I started really diving into it and realized that if it's all just my interpretation of what's going on, how is this actually creating my life? You know? So I'm in taking the information and my perception before was to judge the information of where it was going to be in my life. Was it going to be negative, positive? And then I would create the emotions and the emotions would reinforce the truth. And then that truth would reinforce the energy frequency that I, my body re resided at. So I started realizing I'm going to start giving out information or start giving out energy to people. I'm going to start giving out love to people. I'm just going to be kind to people. All of those things in my NDE, in the tunnel, I realized that I could change. I didn't have to be that way, but even though it got me to where I was, I could ultimately affect change. And that's really what we're doing in this environment where we go from a, a spiritual entity into a child, into a baby, and that child develops a brain that will allow it to formulate or allow the energy to flow freely, right, as the brain develops. And then we're meant to shift from an emotional um, interpretation to a spiritual interpretation as we start to become more aware. And I think we get caught up into being in that physical um, interpretation mindset where we're trying to feed ourselves and, and, and uh, create a healthy body or create a substantial amount of money to create a happiness within our life. And that's where our happiness comes from, the physicalness of this but we're really supposed to transfer into the, the spiritual mindset and to start feeding our spirit because that's what we're doing. We're going from a spirit into a body, then from a body back into a spirit. So what is this space in between? I mean, what is it? We're intaking information. How is that affecting our energy? We're able to change the energy. We talked about people raising their frequency, raising their, their understanding. And that's what we're doing, I think. We're, we're, we're transforming the energy around us into a positive spiritual um, um, experience, thus raising our frequency, you know, and if we're going back into a spiritual body and it is all energy and information, then we are able to access different frequency ranges, just like the light spectrum, you know, so all that started coming to me and I just started putting it in place and just trying to live my life from that mindset of living from the spirit. Let me take you back for a second. When I hear these things were pixelated. It almost suggests to me that our existence is like a simulation. Did you get any sort of feeling like that? I did. I, I do. And I do feel that way. This is a simulation. I mean, if you think about it, we look at this as being in a physical world, but we're not. If I get my arm chopped off, right, I'm still me. If my legs fall off, I'm still me. You know, I mean, granted, if I decapitate my head, I'm dead, mm -hmm. right? But anything... A, part of the body is really not me, right? It's really right. not. 
it's a, it's an extension of my spirit. My spirit is like a, a truck driver and this is the truck driving down the road, you know? Um, so, I mean, I don't really feel anything. My body feels it and it sends signals to my spirit. My spirit can acknowledge it and recognize it, but I don't, this is, everything is just energy. And just based upon that fact that everything is energy and information, it's gotta be a simulation to some point for right. form. I guess you would also consider each one of those experiences within the pixels basically a life review. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely a life review. I mean, all of those pixels were were small interpret or small parts of my life that I was meant to go back, and it was like the judgment was removed from my my mind. I wasn't able to judge any of it. I was able to just observe it and see how it brought me to where I was going. I could see how my influences affect other people's lives and how that changed them on that small scale, not on their journey, but on my journey. And, and from their perspective, I could see how I was um, interacting with them in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. So it was small, minuscule pixels. But once I looked at those pixels, I was enveloped within the entire scene. And all of the emotions, all of the, the feelings were all there. Um, the, the colors were there. It was more vivid than any colors I've ever seen in this physical world. I mean, it was, it was a very detailed experience. I've interviewed a lot of near-death experiencers, and quite a few have gotten downloads. Yeah. Do you think that you and the other people get these downloads because you need help? Or what's the point of you know, people getting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of NDE years, you know, I've done a lot of research of the last th three and a half years since the NDE. And a lot of people feel, there's a lot of people that feel compelled to share their experience, but there's also a lot of people that don't want to share their experience. They feel compelled to share it. They don't right. want to share it because they're worried about interpretations of other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we leave our body, we're leaving these, the sensory realm of this physical existence and we're now into the energy realm. We're into the spiritual energy realm. And we're actually engaged within the energy field that's out there, right? So we're, we're allowing this pure free-flowing energy to permeate within our, our pure free-flowing body. And I think that we have access, a lot of people have access to these downloads because it is the part of truth. It, it's a part of the truth of this experience, and we are meant to take these experiences. And I wish a lot of NDEers who don't talk about it would, because the collection of these experiences are creating a truth, you know, that, that is fundamentally changing the mindset of humanity. As we go down this, this path with the information age now, we're sharing, you know, like your podcast, for instance, we're sharing this information more relevantly. And people are able to access this without having to go down these NDE paths and experience near-death experiences. And they're able to fundamentally change their lives based upon other people's experience and creating the collective truth of, of what's going on. I, I think we all, in a sense, download a pure, um, pure energy um, information. I think it's a pure free-flowing energy, universal energy, universal truth of, of this experience that we are meant to change. You take and change and utilize for the change of other people, for sure. You weren't able to process these downloads until you started meditating. And possibly right. if you never started meditating, you would have never processed them. I, and yeah, I, wonder if, I wonder if the NDEers who claim to have had downloads, they haven't been able to access them. Maybe they need to meditate. I, I would, I would strongly recommend they do. Um, you know, again, I was never a meditator. I never believed in it. It was really hard for me to sit still, especially with having six spine surgeries and being in chronic pain. I, I couldn't sit still, but I forced myself to do it. And I started doing it very simply and doing it what I just felt I needed to do. I didn't research how to meditate. I didn't read books. I just felt like I would be led or I would be guided to what was best suited for me. And I really think that when we come back into our mind, it, it's almost like a, um, a filter, right? We have to filter the information through our physical minds. And a lot of times our physical minds have such a tight filter that we're not letting the information pass through it because we're not believing it. We're not, we're not opening our hearts and opening our minds to, to what is coming to us. But it is so important because, you know, I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of, of, of prayer and, and, and manifestation, but I also believe that um, meditating is a way for us to get answers. 
we're, we're requesting things by prayer or mantras or whatever, but we're, we're listening to the answers by meditating and, and, and shutting down the process of overthinking um, in our minds and allowing the pure energy and information because energy and information is connected. So you're accessing your, your brain into that informational field and you're allowing the information to come to you. And the next part is to not make judgments against what you feel to be true. You know, not question because I know that I would question myself. I'm like, is this real? Can this be real? But it was very real for me in that experience and in that moment. And I had to believe that even though it was so abstract and outside of the mind frame that I was brought up with, I had to start believing those truths because they started to make sense to me. You know, and I spent the whole next three and a half years trying to decipher the downloads that I got from that experience. So I, I think meditation is a very, very, very powerful tool to unlock and be able to read the book that you've been given. You know, what type of meditation do you do? So I do a very simple meditation. I don't do mantras or anything. I, I, I generally lay down on the grass outside. Right. And this is this is a weird one because I haven't met very many people that that do this. And I started out um, laying flat on the grass at nighttime and I would focus on one star in particular and I would look at that star, open my eyes, and my idea of meditation was to be able to control the body to the point to where my mind, the energy would, would go into my mind. And I was able to control the, the energy within my mind. So I would force myself to lay down flat. I had to lay down flat because of my back. I couldn't sit up. And I thought I could draw the energy from the earth, right, into my body. And I would lay back. And when I lay back, I would keep my eyes open, focus on the star, and I thought if I could control my eyesight, I could control everything. And so when I laid back, my eyes would start to tear up, but they would tear up and leave a little layer of, of moisture on my eyes. So I didn't have to blink my eyes. So I could allow my eyesight to be open for long periods of time, 45 minutes, almost to an hour sometimes. And as I did that, um, my vision would change. I would start to see things I, I i honestly i i'm to the point now where i feel i can start seeing um energy the energy field itself and it sounds really weird and if i somebody told me this years ago i would have just thought wow this guy's crazy but i can't i can see this gold fabric woven together almost like a flag waving in the air and then it would change from that to i could see heat signatures coming off of roof lines and off of my body at nighttime um, then I would start to see, I can see this purple box with flames coming out of it now, which is really, really intense. It's the, that color purple that I saw was unlike anything I've ever seen in my life before, you know? And so as I'm doing that, I'm able to kind of control my mind and my thoughts. And that's when I get the majority of the unlocking of that big download I, I took in, you know, that's when everything starts working and, and unlocking for me. So what is your purpose? My purpose is to become love, honestly, because what love is, is love is, love is life. You know, we call this experience life, but it's not, it's love. Everything is in balance. We're creating an experience of love. We're, we're, we're creating a self-perpetuating energy within us. So my experience, I realized that when I love, I have more energy, right? When I have anger or resentment or depression, I have less energy. So if my purpose is to transform my spirit, the best way to transform my spirit in this experience is to live from the mindset of love, because love is what accesses the most amount of power for me. It's the thing that transforms me the most. It's the thing that transforms others the most. You know, when you have people that are angry with each other, yelling at each other, that anger creates two defensive positions, right? When you have somebody loving you, that breaks down barriers and breaking down barriers allows you to expand in the military. We called it being in a defensive position or being on the offensive position, just like in sports, right? When you're on the defensive position, when you're fighting to hold your truth to yourself, you're not opening and engaging with other people. You're on the defensive position. You're not able to move forward. You're not able to access different experiences or different environments. When you're on the offensive position, you're constantly moving forward and you're changing yourself and you're growing. And that's what these sensory inputs are, are meant to do. They're supposed to create an experience that we can create a decision now or a perspective on what we're doing, you know? And I think becoming love allows you to give love to people, not in a transactional mindset, right? But giving love in its purest form, which is a gift, 
It's a gift to other people. It's a gift to the experience of life, right? Giving that love out, you're transforming your energy. You're giving something of yourself and it makes you feel good. And it opens up other avenues for you to receive love from the universe. You know, so my purpose is to transform my spirit for the next life or for the next realm that I've experienced other end of years have and to do so in the most efficient possible way. And that is to live in the mindset of love. That way, my spirit and my energy are transformed to the highest frequency available. That's it. Why do you think so many people get so messed up down here and they get so far away from love and expanding their energy and, and things like that? Well, from a very young age, when we're born, we have created a, a instant dependency on other people. Instantly, we are dependent on our mothers, on our fathers, on our environment to create a reality, right? And we're, 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 our minds are created that way. They're meant to just intake emotions, right? I mean, babies, when they're first born, they're, they're born with two emotions. They're born with um, love or balance, and they're born with fear or loss of love. Right. So that's what hunger, the hunger pains come in and they 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 react or they go back into their state of of love and bliss and happiness. Right. So we're, we're really born with two emotions. And somehow we convolute that as we grow older, where we have more intakes. But the thing is, is that people don't transfer outside of their mind. They become addicted to the dependency of having other people in their life. Right. And having those those inputs, but we don't shift out of that. We don't create an experience for ourselves. We don't learn to, to love ourselves. We don't question who we are. We're just trying to live for each experience as they go down the road. Um, and I think that's a very, that, that's what I was doing hundred percent. Most of my life up until three and a half years ago, I was living life for my body and I was needing people to feed me um, the love and, and happiness and joy. And I was feeding off of them like a leech almost, you know, and it wasn't until I lost everything in those, those moments that I was able to say, okay, where does it come from? And I think that we, when we get off of that path of searching for ourselves and we just kind of go along in the hamster wheel of life, we're, we're, we're putting blinders on to something more grand and more uh, amazing. You know, we're not going into the mindset of searching for the soul or searching for your spirit. And what is the purpose? We don't ask ourselves what is the purpose enough and we don't dig deep enough. We just think, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm just going to keep working and, uh, you know, keep trying to make money and keep trying to be happy. But what is all that doing? The happiness is shifting your spirit. It's shifting your frequency. The joy and love is shifting your frequency onto a different level. You know, I know spiritual people use frequency a lot, but it's, it's really what it is. It's, it's energy flowing through your body, the energy of the feeling of excitement and happiness and joy. You know, so, I mean, I think we get lost in the struggle of just maintaining this body's existence, not realizing that our body comes and goes. Our body has come. We've come from a spirit into a body, creating these experiences, and then it leaves what happens in between is the real question. You know, what is going on? What are we doing? We're intaking information. We're transforming the energy field in our body and we're going into a different realm. That's the truth. That's what we're all doing. You know, I think we have to really be cognizant to that fact. What do you think are the best ways to create more love in your life? Is that like, think about your favorite places you like to be or physically be in your favorite places you like to be or what? I I think it, it, for me, and this is my own experience, and everybody's is going to be different because everybody learns differently and everybody responds to their truth differently. But for me, it was realizing that if I'm not this body, I'm not these mistakes. You know, my mistakes would happen in one small sliver of my life. And in those physical experiences, I would hold on to that my entirety of my life. And I think really what it is, is forgiving yourself. It's knowing that those negative experiences in your life, although they happen for one small part of your life or time, the information that you gather from the understanding of that experience will last the entirety of your life, right? And not only that, not only will it help you create a new life or new uh, decisions, right? You can also give that information from that negative experience to other people and create a positive attribute into their lives. So you're taking this one negative aspect of life for one small moment of time, and you're taking the information and you're holding on to that forever, using that to transform your life and give out to other people for, as tools. So that creates two positive experiences out of that one negative moment, two positive experiences that last the entirety of your life. So there's no negative 
per se in life. There's hard taught lessons and hard experiences, but it's not negative. It, so it's doing that. It's understanding that everything is, is a way to take information and learn, but it's also realizing who you are, realizing the perfect being that you are. You are light and you are loved to your core. When we think about our decisions, for the most part, our decisions are based upon some love for ourselves or love in, in, in itself. Right. So realizing that everything that you're doing is based upon love, whether it's work, whether it's enjoying time with your children, whether it's going to the beach or the environment, spending time and really realizing that you are generating and maintaining love in your life and to hold on to that. Don't let the little twists and turns of life that you cannot control get involved in that, but just hold true to the love that you have and let that be a, a self generating experience for you. Do you think the law of karma doesn't even apply anymore? Like you said, actions just kind of go away and, you know, you learn from it and keep moving on instead of punishing yourself and saying, well, I, I deserve it. Well, I mean, we deserve it, but we, we, I don't know that we deserve what we deserve is to interpret everything that's coming to us positively. And I think karma, I mean, giving out negative energy in the world will reverberate back to us. I believe that. But I think that when it reverberates back to us, that's when you're supposed to acknowledge it and say, okay, how can I change this? What have I done in my life that has caused this? You know, and maybe, maybe this is not something that is happening to me. Maybe this is happening for me. Right. And that was a big thing for me is I looked at everything coming at me as, oh my God, this is happening to me. My car broke down. Uh, you know, I got another divorce or my mind's all messed up. And this is just, it's all coming at me. It's not, it's happening for you. It's happening to help establish an opportunity for you to create a new mindset or a new um, outlook on your life. You know, and once I shifted the happening to me to happening for me, it created a power. It put me back on the offensive, you know, and I, those things will come back and get you. But now you have an opportunity to change that. Now you can take the information from that experience and put it in your life and make a new change, new choice. Do you feel that the universe is there for us and we should be taking advantage of it not in a negative way but taking advantage of it to use for our benefit I, I i do think the universe is there for us i think it's it's and this is my own personal belief again this is everybody's gonna have their own belief about it but i think that you know we we come from a different dimension i think our spirit comes from a different dimension for sure um a lot of religions teach that you know a lot of spirituality understands that and i think this physical environment is a way for us to understand and interact with our frequency level in this body that's contained within this body. And I think we're meant to utilize it. We're, we're meant to look at the stars and wonder how many stars are out there. We're meant to look at and, and, and be in a sense of wonder in a state of, of, of childlike uh, mentality where we're constantly in awe of our surroundings and meant to question what we're doing here and why we're here. I think we're, we're meant to use that. And whether it's just on this planet or even other planets. And I think there's other places in, in the galaxy that are going through these ships, you know, and, and we're definitely meant to, to utilize everything that's at our, at our feet and our hands. Do you believe in reincarnation? And if so, why do you think we keep returning over and over again? So I, I never really believed in reincarnation up until recently. And I don't know exactly how I feel fully about it yet, but I do know this. I do know that there comes a point well, I know two things. I know one that our energy stays within this earth after we die on a different level. Okay. That's what I feel. I, I know. And I do believe that our consciousness being attached to the energy, we're still here, but I think that there's a point to where we, we can grow so much or we change our, our mental and, and, and spiritual frequency so much that we don't have to reincarnate. I think we get to a point to where we can now access a different part or different dimension right? Based upon the frequency uh, of our soul and our spirit. And I think that's what this is doing for us is it's giving us an opportunity to transform that soul that's in between the life and death of the body, right? And so I think if you don't get to that same point, you're getting re-cued into another experience to, you know, allow yourself to get to that point. It's like we're given extra, extra chances, you know, and I think there will come a time that you can elevate outside of this realm and, and get into the next dimension. You know, and it sounds weird, I know, but it's I, I believe that to be true. It's what resonates with me. And it's surprisingly what resonates with a lot of people that have had NDEs, you know. All right. You mentioned that you've 
had three marriages. Yes. Where are you at now? Have you ever considered getting married again? I don't think so. I don't think it's meant for me right now. And why not? I'm in a place where I'm trying to focus on understanding what's going on in my life. You know, and it's a it's a constant, um, constant journey. Um, I just for me, <laughs> I mean, you you strike out three times. I mean, you're out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think, Maybe I'm just out. Well, maybe that's just a limiting belief. <laughs> maybe it is too. I agree with that. Maybe it could be. But you know, I got I got so much right now that I'm trying to transform my mind and my soul right now. That maybe I'll get to a point where I'll I'll be ready for that again. But right now, I'm just I'm not. I, I I'm not ready for it. I, I don't even want to think about it because right now I know that I'm trying to cultivate an energy within me, and I, I don't want to get anything you know distracted with anybody else right now. And I think it's just a beautiful thing to just kind of be alone for a little bit, you know. And I've 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 seen a lot of my failures in the past, and I've, I'm working to make effective changes upon those, you know. And mm-hmm. I think maybe one day I'm not never putting it down, you know, forever. But right now, no. <laughs> Well, I'm going to, I'm going to use your own logic with you and say, maybe those relationships were for you. Right. I agree. For the next I one. I agree. I think I'm trying to get to that for me part to where I can fully uh, take in all the information from those experiences. And, and I think they are and literally everything does happen for me now. I mean, everything is working for me, whether it's the, the guy cutting me off or whether it's, you know, um, you know, money in my bank now. Everything is coming for me, you know, and it's it's meant to change me. So, I mean, you know, I definitely believe it, it has changed me for sure. You know, having a different understanding of of being in, in those marriages, and you know, I was married to some amazing, powerful, beautiful women, and I'm very thankful for each and every one of those experiences. You know, they've really given me a, a lot of positivity in my life to to look back on and and to have, you know, and to, to grow with and information grow with. So, now you mentioned that you grew up in a Baptist house. Are you? Do you consider yourself spiritual now? Do you still, you know, have some elements of Christian belief within your spirituality? I do have, I do hold on to Christian beliefs in my spirituality, but I've moved away from mainstream religion, um, mostly because religion, I believe, is is become a man's interpretation of, of a godly truth. And I think we all interpret things differently. And I think that's kind of where I fell to the wayside, where I was trying to take you know, different interpretations and, and make them my own and they weren't my own. Um, so I, I've, I've kind of fallen to the point where I'm more spiritual now, where I live within the spiritual mentality, knowing that I am a spirit, knowing that I am connected to God. And I think that creates a, a, a different um, relationship with God for me. It creates a very powerful relationship um, to me and more real than anything has ever been to me. So Although I hold on to my Christian beliefs still, they're really spirituality and becoming um, a becoming a spiritual entity, I guess you could say, living from my spirit, not from my body, living from my spirit is really where I find myself. So spirituality is pretty much my religion, I guess you could say. But religion has such negative connotations, you know, especially in today's today's era, you know, where it's, it's just gotten so much backlash and so much control and, you know, whatever. So I find that just being spiritual and holding on to my truth is, is really the best way to be. Do you fear death at all? I don't. I, I absolutely don't fear death. I, I, fear, um, I fear not being able to share or help people transform enough more than I fear death. You know, I fear wasting my purpose or wasting this time more so than I do death. I know that on the other side, there's something magnificent and amazing, so much more vivid and, and enveloping than this place. And for me, that brings me great comfort. But really what worries me most is not getting this message out or not giving the message of love out to people and, and allowing them to, you know, kind of disconnect from their, their worldly mindsets or how they were living before and the depression and anxiety and, and negativity. You know, I want people to transform their into their spiritual truth and their spiritual awareness. If you don't mind, where are you at right now with depression and anxiety? I mean, I'm really over it. I mean, everything's happening for me. And as it happens for me, it's it's a positive attribute to my life. And it's helping me overcome everything. You know, I'm looking at things as, you know, not negative experiences anymore. They're, they're, they're propelling me. I deal with chronic pain every day. You know, and even that has some form of power to me that's happening for me. It's, it's allowing me the reminder that I'm still alive, that I'm still here, that I'm still walking in this in this world and i'm still able to access it you know so it's it's been a hard road to get to this point 
you know, it's not an easy thing that you can just turn off a switch and you're over it because there are chemical reactions that happen, you know, but once you start transforming the experience of it happening to you um, or happening for you and not to you, um, slowly but surely you create that truth and that creates different chemical responses in your body. And then it, it, it almost sustains itself. Like the depression sustains itself with a negative mindset and the environment and how we're perceiving it, the positive mindset and the knowing that things are happening for me will sustain me and does sustain the, the happiness in me. I didn't ask you before we started, but do you have anything that you would like to share, like a website or a book? I don't right now. I'm working on writing a book. I'm, I'm hoping to write a book here within the next year. Um, but that's uh, just me and my, uh, my Facebook or my Instagram is really where people can reach me. Well, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open yeah. to that? And if so, Absolutely. how Absolutely. can they reach you? Uh, they can reach me on my email. Um, it's popsicle2020, P-O-P-S-I-K-L-E 2020 at Gmail or um, my Facebook, Jeremiah Pospisil, P-O-S-P-I-S-I-L. I'll, I'll give you the link for it. And, you know, they can access that or on my Instagram. So hope, I'm starting to, to build a website right now, actually, so I can start doing this for people a little bit easier. So I'm in the process right now. This is the very beginning stages for me. So I'm hoping to be able to reach more people. Well, Jeremiah, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I would really love for people to realize that, you know, you are a spirit inhabiting a body and not a body looking for a spiritual connection. And if anything, if you're living from your spirit, you'll realize that things that bring you spiritual happiness and joy and power is love and love in all experiences. And uh, I really just want people to understand that giving love out is more powerful than receiving love for sure. It creates a void and, 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 a, and a place for love to reside within your life. You know, so stay positive, live your life through love and from love and become love, really. Thank you for that message, and thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you, and I wish you a great rest of your evening. Thank you. I appreciate the same. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.